And I'm not gonna lie, I did, I kind of gasped a little bit when Scarlet Witch like flew in the one scene. I was like, that's really cool. What a time to be a nerd. Like, <laughs> we're in a golden age right now. It was just like really, really good. Back. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Another Relaunch. I am yes, Keenan. Yes. And I am LZ. How are you guys doing today? How are you doing, Keenan? I'm doing all right. You know, yeah. it's, uh, it's I'm feeling good. I, I skipped the gym today. So okay. That's, uh, so that's different. Same, me. but that was already <laughs> the plan. <laughs> that was already in my plan. So. No, uh, no, but I, I'm just feeling good. I got a lot. Of, we had a, it was a lot of good stuff happening this week between comics and the disney investor day yeah a lot of exciting stuff it's just been a really good week so yeah let's get into it okay so uh comics this week first up on this list is seven secrets number five now i have still not jumped into it and i know that i should because i feel like that's all my jam but Mm -hmm. so let me know i really 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 enjoy this book and so issue five comes out today so i i I can't remember i think i told you a little bit about what happened with the first four issues i kind of did uh bulk reading of the first four issues and it's the story of these this organization who holds on to the secrets of the world and so every secret has a keeper and a holder the holder holds the box that like has whatever the secret might be and the keeper basically protects the holder so in this there is now a third group called the seekers who are trying to destroy the secrets or like just grab them for their own reasons and they have attacked the bases of all the like seek uh the keepers and holders and they're like killing them off it's this really horrible thing you find out that the keeper of the very first secret the man who was in charge of the seekers is her son oh okay yeah and so basically issue five is just kind of like dealing with a lot of the fallout of that like people are questioning her like what's going on what is this about and she's like i'm not explaining anything to you we don't have time for this i don't care about what you all are mad about they are like killing us off we need to get out of here and the seekers basically still find them they're kind of coming to the terms that they have a mole in their organization and yeah and the issue basically ends with like the seekers trying to get into this compound that they've run to to hide and it's just really good. I think this is Tom Taylor at his best. I'm kind of like up and down with Tom Taylor in some of his books. Uh, some things I think he does really, really well. There's been some things that I haven't really loved that much. But I will say he does really great characterization. Yeah. And just interpersonal relationships with people. And he shines here in this book with that. The art is just amazing. It's so action packed. It feels good. I've been playing a lot of Cyberpunk 2077 lately. Oh, nice. And, oh, great game, by the way. Okay. And I think I want to get it when I get a PlayStation 5. You should. Absolutely. Yeah. So I, I have a um, One X. So I know a lot of people have been talking about like some bugs and things like that. I actually haven't had a single issue of glitch or anything like that. The oh, music wow, okay. is amazing. It's really immersive. And that's how I feel about Seven Secrets. Like, I feel like I should be playing a soundtrack while I'm listen- while I'm reading this book. Oh, wow. Because I, I wonder if, so if Tom Taylor has one while he's like uh, Ooh, writing. I might, I might ask him that, tweet him that. Because that's a good, but it's 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 just a book I think everybody should read. It's it's fun. It is from Boom, and Boom has a lot of little great things. They do the Power Rangers books too. Oh, nice. Yeah, definitely. Um, 
highly recommend it. It's just, it's just, it's again, and you know, it speaks to me. Action, secret organizations, people fighting, like they're like jumping out of planes and parachutes, and then they realize like, oh, this was a bad idea because the people who are trying to kill them are like in planes, so they're just like shooting them while they're falling down in the air. And it's like, wow, this is horrible. But it's also like, yeah, like it's just really intense. It's just moving super fast. You just can don't catch a breath. It's great. So seven seasons. Nice. Well, next on my list, which wasn't as high octane as your book just was, but uh, <laughs> was still pretty good, is Captain Marvel 24. Um, so this was by Kelly Thompson and the art, I'm sorry, the art is still by Lee Garbay. And I was, hmm, I liked this issue, um, okay. but it was kind of exposition heavy. Okay. Um, so in this issue, you really get to, we've been in this whole like future timeline and yeah. uh, we've learned about this villain, Ove, who we don't know who his parents are, but he obviously has a look of Namor. Okay. Um, so this book, he has invited Carol like to this new Atlantis place and the entire team kind of works his way over there. We saw what happened when they got captured in the last issue by him and he kind of invited them to his castle. And when they get there, None of them are are like on Ove's side. They don't believe any of his hospitalities that he, they're offering them. They're like, no, we don't trust you at all. Um, and <clears throat> he invites Carol to have the dinner with him alone. And she, of course, agrees, even though she knows like- They're always inviting her somewhere alone, you know? Right? Just like, like, <laughs> they just, try to get my girl by herself. <laughs> 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 and he basically like tells her his entire story and we find out who his parents are. And I know that I had said that he was probably something to do with magic, but that was wrong. Um, his, oh, okay. I was, I guess it is actual magic, but not magic with a K, it's magic with a C. His mom um, is um, Amora and the Enchantress. Oh, wow. Yeah, so uh, Amora, uh, Enchantress, and Namor got together and that's where oh, he comes from. It's a pairing. Yeah, I didn't ever think about that one. But. And so Enchantress is interesting to me. She's one of those characters where I feel like I would really enjoy, but I've never actually read too much stuff with her in it. And the things I have read with her in it, she obviously loses because she's a villain. Right. Um, I think I actually feel like you would probably really like her. <laughs> 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 you know, she she seems like she's my magic. Alley, you know? Yeah, she's very like. I'm a bad but it's also something magic. about her design. It's like, I don't really, I don't know, like the stockings or the, the striped pants, whatever she wears. I don't know. It really takes me out sometimes. Yeah, she needs some kind of an update, though, I think, <laughs> as far as the visual goes. But uh, she's she's a lot of fun. She's She is a villain just to be a villain. Like, she... <laughs> and you know, I love you know. that. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so you find out all about, like, his parentage and where he came from and how he kind of started this new Atlantis uh city with the help mm -hmm. of jolt i don't know if you remember her but she was an avenger mm -hmm. from a really long time ago oh. um, i think from like the early 2000s and she can turn into like lightning like an energy form and okay. with her she's like powering the city and to keep the radiation that is like uh like all over earth out they're actually being covered by armor uh the x-men armor ahsoka mm -hmm. and uh so, no, but none of the, the Carol of the team like believe that anyone is doing this like voluntarily. So they all kind of like split up at night, go do some like recon stalking and kind of and figure out where like what's really going on here. Right. They find this uh, 
massive door. And of course, you know, Carol's got to punch her way through because who else is going to do that but her? And um, behind the door is all of the people who they thought were actually, who they were being told were helping, but they weren't. And you see magic with a K, Ileana Rasputin, chained up. <clears throat> and she's being oh, controlled. Wow. She has this really like heartfelt moment with Emma because she had been like, hadn't seen her in a really long time. And turns out that Enchantress had been con- like chained up uh, Ileana and had been using her to get the limbo demons. Uh, so that's where we've been experiencing all these limbo demons coming from where Enchantress was the one controlling. This is so interesting, magic. I love it. Yeah, and then they have this whole like fight scene and the heroes are not really winning <laughs> because <laughs> they're like being overrun by all these like limbo demons. And of course, again, see, that's why that's why Ileana should have called them back in Ten of Swords. <laughs> this is exactly what we're talking about. They can listen there. She can summon a lot of them because there were a lot of them in this book. <laughs> and uh, they're like fighting and everything. And again, Carol is like, hey, Emma, like you can use your telepathy and like shut all this down. <laughs> and she just won't. And like she just ignores her like calling that out. So there's something still going on there with Emma and her telepathy. I don't know what's going on yeah. there. And of course, because it's magic, uh, Captain Marvel gets captured by Enchantress in this like magic telekinetic like field. Okay. And she pretty much tells her to her face, like, I have you. And we all know that like magic isn't something you're good at. So <laughs> are you going to give up <laughs> okay. or not? What you're going <laughs> to do? So like, cause you know, she can't like really absorb magic energy you know, like that well. So that's interesting. I kind of wish this story actually sounds really good. You know, it's pretty good. I, I I'm do. gonna get you to hop in and send. <laughs> I Did you ever read that, that star arc? No, not yet. It's okay. on the list. Though. I'm gonna hold it's, you to it. It's on the list. Um, I kind of wish that it wasn't taking place like in the future. I don't know. Yeah, I, yeah. I've kind of gotten over like future stories and the future kids. I get it. It's fun. It's always nice to see every now and again. Um, but I don't know. I just. I think the future thing, she is allowed to do a little bit more like playfulness with the yeah, characters. Yeah, like obviously because... she wouldn't be able to use like magic and enchantress in this type of way if she Ex- exactly if she wasn't present. But um, still, I think it's just nice, and I think it's I think that is the way you would be able to bring in some other characters into this book into Carol's world who she doesn't normally interact with. And I guess you're still technically doing that, but it's like the future, so it doesn't really make a difference. It don't really know where it count. Where it count. I see what you mean. Yeah. <laughs> I hope that she does get to get some of this back because at the end of this, she ends up being captured. You know, she lets herself get captured because yeah. um, she's been taken by magic. And Luke, I mean, Enchantress controls Luke Cage, and he mm-hmm. she orders him to like knock carol out and there's this whole brutal scene of him like just Being wailing out. on carol until he knocks her out and she wakes up and she's been captured and then we find out next issue what's really going on so i felt like this one was more exposition heavy and the okay. next one is when like things are really going to start picking up and hit okay. the fan okay I'm, I'm still in i do it i am excited i'm kind of excited for this arc to kind of wrap up mostly mm-hmm. because I really want to see the ramifications of this arc play out because okay. the biggest thing here has been her like kind Carol's like rock so to say in all of this has been Rhodey but she has now been to the future where Rhodey got a whole child and her mama looked black <laughs> so <Ooh>. <laughs> <laughs> so 
Um, it'll be interesting to see how this like all plays out with her coming back to the present and what happens. Oh, and you think she'll have like all the thoughts of, oh, I saw this future, we weren't together, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Apart. Yeah. Yeah. I can see and that. and who knows how she is going to do with like I don't really know what's going on with Emma too and her telepathy. So we'll see what happens. All right. It sounds interesting. I won't lie. Yeah. Um, so next up, still I guess kicking kick, keeping it cosmic. Um, Guardians of the Galaxy number nine. Now, are you oh still my in? Gosh. Yes. <laughs> what? Oh my know, gosh. Right? <laughs> what? This first of all, okay. Everybody knows I'm an Al Ewing stan. All right. I adore that man. I think he is amazing. This issue, okay. So before we even get into the story of it, I think people need to know the original story for Star Lord. I don't know if everyone knows this. If you don't, hopefully, this is like a new little fun bit of information for you. But when Star-Lord was originally created um, by Steve Englehart, he was always set up to originally be like an astrology hero. Steve Englehart had like just gotten into astrology really heavy. And so he created Star-Lord. He was supposed to be this kind of like introverted jerk character who would become like the greatest cosmic hero. And he would go on these missions. It would be like, he'd go to Venus for love. He would go to Mars for war. He'd find high action adventure on mercury and things like that and so ewing taking that concept that original concept that was created however long ago back in the 70s and revamping it to not only fit all the retcons that have happened to star lord's character but make it so damn interesting like yo Wow. <laughs> it was really good. I, I I didn't know that about the whole um, original way of, of Star-Lord. So yeah. when I was reading this, I was like, wait, what is all this like astrology shit going on here? So I, <laughs> went, I, did, I went back and kind of looked up to see like uh -huh. what was what was the deal yeah. here and kind of learned all about like how Star-Lord was supposed to be this like cosmic thing. But I guess that just kind of got derailed. It, by... it, I think, so I think what happened was... Um, Englehart did it and he wrote a couple of appearances of Star-Lord, but then he ended up leaving Marvel. And so when the next few, I think like Claremont came on and like obviously Bendis wrote him and Guardian, Sam Humphreys did him, uh, Star his solo series. And all of them would just kind of revamp Star-Lord's story to the mom dying of cancer thing, to him being raised by Yondu and the Ravagers and all of that stuff. And I so am actually- Like a cycle of that. Yeah, and so then the MCU happened, of course. And so, you know, MCU it, synergy was hitting. And I think this was why I really enjoyed this issue because I do not like the MCU Star-Lord at all. I think he is- <laughs> He is just insufferable. Yeah. And Star-Lord has always been a character who I've kind of stayed up to date on because I remember him during like the Dan Abnett and Andy Lanning days when they were doing Marvel Cosmic stuff, like the Annihilation Conquest and all those kind of stories. I remember- That's when, that's when like Marvel Cosmic really like kind of blew up in the, yeah, the, it was like in the modern the, day. Yeah, and so I remember they, those Guardian runs and I would read those and I enjoyed Star-Lord in those. And so, but then as the MCU kind of gained traction and they kept that synergy going, they kind of made Peter a little bit more like the Chris Pratt version, which, just no, it didn't gel with me at all. And so I really like that this version of Star-Lord feels different. And it feels like, oh, this is a character who I can enjoy again. Yeah, he feels a lot more like fleshed out and not just a, like a like an archetype 
<laughs> you know, yeah. like, oh, you're you're going to be the goofy one who kind of stumbles around and he kind of yeah. luck, he falls upward, <laughs> you yeah. know, whereas this has it. a lot of like depth to it. Exactly. And then just the way they did it with the like you said, the astrology, the different houses, um, the the two characters who he kind of meets on this new planet, uh, Moore's and Adara, was that her name? I'd have to go back and double check her name. She had a hot design, though. Yes, she did. And um, <laughs> I, I love that they, you know, invited him into the relationship. Yes, so, so and I love when he told them no at first. She was like, you're weird. Yeah, <laughs> he right. Because like, he was like still stuck on Gamora. He's like, no, he's like, I got to go back to this woman on Earth. And she's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> they just like couldn't comprehend like not everyone enjoying love like together. It was yeah. <laughs> it was really funny. I liked that. So they were really cool. I, the, Juan Cabal's art is just out of this world. The way he lays down a page. It oh my gives God, me it's very, so dynamic, right? <laughs> and then uh, Frederico bleeds colors, enhancing those pages. It's just, they have such a sense of mood, a sense of tone. It feels good. It feels intense. When the Greek pantheon came out of the element gun, I was right? shook. <laughs> Shook. I was like, oh no, nah, we gotta get out of here. <laughs> Y'all ain't gonna survive uh, this. <laughs> it, it's... I also love the way that the element gun was kind of like explained and the way that throughout it was the, yeah. throughout the throughout the entire issue and the um because I've always been under the impression that it was the way that it was described in the MCU, where it was just mm-hmm. like, you know, you can uh, shoot out fire gun. out in. Yeah, basically. Yeah. But to have it where it was no, it's just like <laughs> like universal weapon. And I'm like, yeah. oh, oh, snap. I didn't know it could do all of that. I think that is much more interesting than just right. a, a typical like elemental gun thing. And I really love the whole concept of, you know, the false memories and just kind of getting into Star-Lord. And really, I'm really interested to see where this story goes. And Again, I've, I'm, a, I'm a casual fan of the Guardians franchise. I've picked up a couple of runs here and there. I enjoy the space bounty hunter aspect of them. Yeah. And this was just good. The Master of the Sun is so interesting. I can't wait to see what else happens with this. I can't wait to see now that he's kind of gone back. I'm, I'm a little upset because doesn't the next issue tie in the King in Black? Yeah, so this one kind of ends yeah. with, um, it seems like Peter has been brought back to our... Yeah. Like time or whatever and like the minute he is brought back they are being attacked by some like flying symbiote thing so and it's just like don't nobody want to see that <laughs> <laughs> just keep us they gotta out. have a tie they gotta have a tie-in so the next issue is going to be the the king and black tie-in and then i then after that you know then we'll get into like It'll be exciting to see how, especially because on the world he was on with these people, he was there for like hundreds of years, 144 years to be exact. So now to like come back and obviously it took him, what, 12 years to finally get over Gamora and be in this relationship with these two people. Now he spent 144 years with them, possibly had a kid. Yeah. And now he's got to come back to these guardians who won't even know if he's going to remember them. Well, he'll, he'll probably remember them fully. But yeah, how's it going to act? It's great. This is a great book. Out Ewing is amazing. Yeah, they need to just go ahead and get him the keys to the cosmic era and just like let him. I feel like they can't decide <laughs> if they that. want it to be him or Don Cates. And uh, 
I am team E-Wing. <laughs> I'm going to let that, I'm going to put that out there now. <laughs> you know, I just feel like they can't really decide who they want to be in charge of it. But yeah, I, I definitely lean on the E-Wing side a little bit mm. more. All right. And uh, next up is Marauders number 16. Now, are you reading this? I am. I have also made the decision that this will more than likely be my last issue of this book. Oh no, why? You know, I really like Jerry Dugan. I thought Caselli's art was amazing. I just don't enjoy this book. You know? <laughs> okay. <laughs> and I don't know, the, the way it kind of underutilizes the rest of the cast, it is basically a, Kate Emma Shaw show, which is fine if you like any of those characters. None of them really like jump out to me as like super high favorites on my list. I've also come to the realization that I don't really care about the Hellfire Club or the Hellfire, uh, that's Hellfire machinations whatsoever. And I remember reading or like hearing about the premise of this book and it was like, oh, they're going to be going around rescuing mutants who can't get to Kokoa on this boat doing like black market pirate type stuff. And I just... I don't feel that. And it, it just, it's really, and don't get me wrong, I think this issue was very satisfying in the way that Kitty and Emma kind of got their revenge against Shaw and got to beat him up and show that they're all the bosses of this and they're doing it. But also it just kind of leads into this thing of like, you're still leaving Shaw alive. Even if you do humiliate him this way, he is a man who is built on pride and ego and hubris. You think he's gonna just randomly stop now? And then it's like, you can, and, and it, it could be an interesting story because it's like they're going to hide this stuff from the council. So it's like, even if it does come to the council, does Shaw get in trouble? Do Kitty, Emma, and Storm get in trouble because they've hidden the things that he did? You know, it's like, I see the story potential. I see where it can go. I see why it can be super interesting. It just doesn't do it for me. That is fair. I felt like this issue was um, very satisfying in the way that they wrap things up. Kind of like what you were saying that you know, it opens literally with them going straight to uh, Shaw. <laughs> Putting in like that there, work. <laughs> there, is, there is no, like, you know, uh, Koi, like, talking about it. It opens straight to them going to it. Now, it does actually open with Storm and Bishop, like, being the ones that find out about Shaw being the one to do it, which, in my opinion, yeah. they were just there just to be there because that's what they've always done this entire book like yeah <laughs> it's, my it's... my problem with that is is they have been just like wallpaper in, <laughs> in this there. book they haven't done anything no one else really matters in this book outside of kitty emma and yeah i just i just it's i was also under the impression that this book was going to be kind of like what you said with the the rescuing mutants who couldn't get to a Kokoa thing. Yeah. But on top of that, I was under the impression that they would also have the whole business dealings of the Hellfire Club. Like it was supposed to be, isn't it like Hellfire International or whatever? Like, isn't it supposed to be like a, a company? And yeah, a Hellfire Corporation would, or something like that. Yeah, I thought they would, they would do a lot more like businessy kind of meetings. And we see Emma doing like more dealings and and her representing the Hellfire Trading Company. Yeah. But it's just been the Kate Pride and Emma Frost a team up, <laughs> and yeah. like those characters aren't aren't super favorites of mine. But 
I, I, I do appreciate the story and the satisfaction that they got to not only get their version of revenge on Shaw, but yeah. they have a his they have a history a very like tumultuous history, <laughs> you yeah. know, like when when Kitty first came to the X Men at all, like Emma, Emma tried to kill her. So. To kill, yeah, <laughs> it was in there. Yeah, you know so. who I really would like to see in this book, Firestar. Yeah. Yeah, she deserves. I don't know if I, I feel like I might have said that already once before, <laughs> but um, yeah, I just I feel like she'd be a good fit. I feel like it would be interesting to see the dichotomy of her and Kitty as they were both these very just young mutants, impressionable good girls who kind of got caught in this X world. They both have their issues with Emma. Emma killed Firestar's horse. Firestar's horse, and gave Shadowcat one. <laughs> like hello. <laughs> I would have been on that island burning everything up. <laughs> Shady. <laughs> so that's something I like to see. If Firestar comes in the book, I might come back. I mean, I'm, I'll probably still pick up a couple issues here and there. But um, overall, it, you know, it's, it, you know, it was fine. It was a good It issue. was fine. Yeah, it was fine. I, I am excited for hopefully what's next because it, I hope that now that they have finished this whole Mm-hmm. ordeal you know originally it was oh my gosh we don't know what's wrong with kitty we can't bring her back to life and that like dragged out for a while and now that she's back then it was yeah. the whole thing with shaw so i'm hoping now that they finish all of that we can get back to like <laughs> the rest of the team <laughs> i signed up for Iceman and bishop oh yeah we okay get that <laughs> <laughs> that's who i signed up for i wanted uh, them so so hopefully yeah. i get them soon all right all right and the last book on the list for the week was sword number one now did you read this i did I absolutely like loved, loved, <laughs> loved this book. It was, it was, it was so much fun. Um, this again was Al Ewing, and uh, you know he's out there just doing his whole thing out in space. So we love that. And the uh, art was Valerio Schitti, I believe that's how you pronounce his last name. I hope. Yeah, I'm not wrong I think there. it is. So I, I used to say shitty when I was younger, and I was just like, that just doesn't feel right. Yeah, I feel like that's. I feel like it's Schitti. I hope. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. If if I'm wrong, someone please uh, let me know. Um, but you know, this book is all about swords. So we got the the peak from X of Swords, you know, and now the the mutants are now a part of Sword. And it opens with the council chair, who is uh, kind of the person who heads this all. And that is Magneto, <laughs> you know, <Yeah>. King. <laughs> all right. um, I, I love him. Top 10 character for me. So I was super excited to see him in this. Um, the way that he was just kind of walking through the peak and just like yeah. speaking with everyone, you know, it being adored. <laughs> I loved it. Um, and then, you know, we meet, uh, Abigail Brand in this very, <laughs> very amazing you know, costume. The looks in this book are just wow. This <laughs> this book again, Al Ewing, man. I just feel like whenever he turns in a script, he's just like, I'm a genius. Like he's just writing. He's just in the house. He's just like, I am a genius. And it's just like I. This book 
it brought me so much joy to read like the characters that were in it the way the sword station was set up the way that they used their powers together the whole thing of mutant technology the way it was explained it was just it it, it felt like um hoxpox you know yeah yeah it really felt like it was really opening and like ushering in a whole new era of something yeah. because if if it not only felt like fresh it felt forward exactly <laughs> and you know it's interesting because i've i've never really been a fan of mutants in space stories honestly you know that you know that's my jam <laughs> <laughs> i just never really got it cuz i was just like why are there mutants in space i don't understand uh, i love it i love it <laughs> <laughs> i was like i just don't get it absolutely um, love it but the way that he put these mutants in space and the way that he's kind of like branched out, and of course, you know, they've been getting branched out, Sunspot's out in Shi'ar space now. Um, Xavier has the daughter with Lalandra out there. It's, you know, mutants are in space. We can accept it now. It makes sense. And the way that he kind of pushed this concept into them to keep them there and actually make, and then, you know, even Magneto and Bran kind of have a conversation about it. She's like, you know, this isn't like an X-Men team. We're not here trying to promote whatever. He's like, no, but you are all still mutants. And that means something. He's like, even if this is bigger than mutants and Earth and all of that stuff, you're still mutants. It still means something for mutants. And I, I just thought that was like such an amazing conversation. The way uh, I love him. He's, <laughs> Magneto. He's, <laughs> <laughs> the way that he interacted with everybody on the station from Cable to Cortez to Frenzy to Peepers. Ho and Peepers, shout out to Peepers fans who thought they were okay. going to see him ever again. Like, wow, y'all bring his Peepers all the way back from like, <laughs> <laughs> like, like 1963. Wow. Peepers, Peepers died a long time ago. And so that was super <laughs> interesting. And it was really interesting. It was like super funny. The scene where Cortez is trying to like kiss Magneto's ass. And he's like, I don't even remember who you are, even though he clearly does. Right. I mean, I love the way that he's like stepped right on around him. Like, right oh, on he, around like him. Cortez is giving this whole like, oh my gosh, my liege. Like, I want to give the sincerest apologies of from like the things well, that the I have done in the past. You and tried to kill right. You. Right. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's not act like how bad it actually was, Cortez. And I love that he just like was like, no, <laughs> got to step right. around him. <laughs> And then he sees peepers and it's just uh, it's like but my I, friend. It's like my homie. We're gonna have <laughs> coffee. It's like we need to catch. I was like, no, this is great. I really, really enjoyed that. I loved the rest of the station. And I didn't I didn't think the cast was gonna be so big in terms of like me neither. I love that. You know, I love a bit uh, revolving cast that kind of like brings people in and out and shows them the characters who he used, like random and risk on the security team weren't we just talking about risk when we were talking about the indigenous voices issue yeah like, you were literally just talking about how you were like oh, i really want risk to like come back around and like we need it, to wake that up and look like, here we go it's like and this is why and this is why i really also genuinely love out even because he kind of does that throughout all of his books he takes these like lesser known characters these like d through z list folks and he mixes them in with these like a and b list characters he really elevates them he gives them the story and it's just it's fun that he gives them a chance. I love that he gives characters chances. Yeah, I do too. Cause the way that he has this whole like swords kind of set up the branches of it are really cool. So you have like, like I said, Magneto is on the council and mm -hmm. he's like the council representative. And then you have uh brand, she's the station commander. And mm -hmm. uh, I love the way that kind of like what you say about their relationship being together 
but yeah. you know magneto does you know reminds her <laughs> it's still <laughs> it's still mutants <laughs> now the technology engineer is WizKid. now i thought this was really cool to bring WizKid back up around i remember him yeah. back in the x factor days okay yeah that's right one yeah and uh he is like really powerful like really really mm -hmm. powerful <laughs> uh he's a technopath and he can pretty much do whatever with technology. So speaking of the technopaths, and not to cut you off, sorry, but I also really love how all of the mutants with some type of technology-related abilities or powers, it's been noted how all of their powers have adapted to the Krakoan biotech. Yeah. That has been created. I thought that was like super interesting. And I thought it because I've been thinking about that with characters like Trinary and Sage, who have these high positions in Krakoa. And it's just like they made a very big deal in the beginning of Hoxpox about how there was no technology on Krakoa. You know, there was no electronics. Everything was like the bio floral fauna and all these other things. So I was like, how are these characters kind of like thriving and what are they doing? So to continuously see that it's like, oh no, again. And I think it speaks to the whole mutants and evolution and adaptation. Also, it's just like this new type of technology, this bio uh, flower technology has created and now all of their powers are working to actually work with that. I think that's super great. Yeah, I think that's really awesome. Um, and over in logistics, you have Manifold, who I think is a really dope character. Um, he's He was normally always him. with the Avengers, you know? Yeah. Um, Finally coming back home. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> I, love, I love that. And uh, then you have Fabian Cortez in medical and energy resources, which, child, we all know how we feel about him. Okay. Um, uh, I like Cortez. <laughs> of course, of course you do. <laughs> oh my gosh, Cortez you is know, a mess. You know he. You know who hates. He... You know who hates Cortez. Exodus. <laughs> <laughs> you know Cortez was low key like one of those characters who I would have made a, a captain of Krakoa just for the mess. The mess, yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, I, I also really like this team because just the ability or the option that Ewing has presented himself with to add anybody else onto this book. Like you can just keep making these departments bigger. Do you have any ideas of who you think the telepath might be? I don't. So I know that they have that like psionic analyst left open and yeah. I, it's easy to say one of the main telepaths, you know, yeah. the Jean, Emma, Betsy, it's easy to, to guess any of them, but I don't yeah. think that's what Ewing's going to do. That's, that's not I really Jack. don't. <laughs> I he's, know. He's, he is putting his hand deep into the bucket and he is pulling something out from the bottom and I cannot wait to find there's out. Prob there's got to be some like telepath from, I don't even know, so, random um, that I can't even think of. Maybe no so, girl? You know, oh, that would be fun. Yeah, that would actually her. be really fun. I'd be into that. Um, I was saying that it was going to be so, you know, Sabretooth used to have that little sidekick. Uh, what was she? She was like his bodyguard birdie. She used to help him with her telepathy, calm his like psychotic urges until she was eventually killed. She's been in maybe like, I don't know, like six issues altogether. I was going to say, I don't have no idea who you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> but so I don't know if you saw artist Peter Nugent. He did this big x-men piece where he did all the telepaths all the mutant telepaths oh yeah i did i did see that that was really cool and i'll never forget when i was like going through the list i don't know why something happened i was looking at i was reading an old comic and birdie was in there with safe and i was like oh birdie i'm like oh wait birdie's a telepath i was like did he put her on here and sure enough i go into the thing and like he has birdie on there she's like number 36 and so ever since then i was just like people know who birdie is birdie is the sword telepath it's gonna happen and I was like, and then I was like, they got they got Sabretooth down in the pit. So you can like build off of that and see how she feels. I'm here for it. 
The way you champion these D-list characters <laughs> is is truly mind-boggling. Cause who the fuck is a birdie? <laughs> birdie to me. She had she used to wear this like little sleek black costume with these giant shoulder pads. She had this giant gun that she would just be like popping off, and she had this blue ponytail. She was everything. If you say so. She's a hot girl. <laughs> Uh, but this so over in the other branches on sword we have the diplomacy and negotiation ambassador of frenzy now yes absolutely uh frenzy deserves okay a, a queen of the people and i love the way that that she was introduced in this because mm-hmm. you expect her to kind of go back to her whole acolyte role of her kind of fawning over Xavier. I mean, I'm sorry, over Magneto and everything, yeah. or at least that's how she's always been written. But yeah. I really love that Ewing was like, we're not doing that. And when Magneto kind of appears, she says like, you know, there was a time when I did like- Obsess over this Obsess over this man, but that's not who I am anymore. And I'm moving forward. And I think she's gonna kick ass she, in, all, in all ways of the word um, <laughs> in, in this book. <laughs> you know, I am- Frenzy is one of my favorite characters in the X-Women. I, so if I had to do a top four female X characters, it would be Betsy, Frenzy, Dazzler, and Danny. Ah, taste. And finally, I've, I've been following Frenzy's character for years, especially after Mike Carey kind of tried to elevate her after he did the Age of X event. And he yeah. put her onto the X team. He had her wearing that costume. She's kind of found like some more heroic stuff. I remember when James Asmus was writing All Music Humans and he kind of brought Frenzy in as an, she wasn't really, she wasn't really an ambassador for mutants there, but she was like a protector of mutants. So I'm, unfortunately, I'm sure most of us remember the Inhumans era of Marvel, where the Terrigen Mist Cloud was like going around and any mutant who was called in, it was like getting sick and dying. And Frenzy kind of took on this role where she was rescuing mutants from the cloud. And I'll never forget that issue of all new Inhumans. Like she has this like plane, she's trying to grab all these mutants from this boat, but she doesn't have enough space. And so she's going to have to leave some of the people. And then like Crystal and then humans pop up and they're like, okay, we're here to help you. And they try and talk to Frenzy and Frenzy's like, this isn't the first time I've had to leave people. You know what I'm saying? She's like, you're not doing me any favors. I've made these hard decisions already. She was like, this is actually your fault. You need to be the one out here rescuing these people. And so like Crystal trying to get her to come in and like help with that. And so ever like, I've just watched Frenzy kind of go through all these motions where people have been trying to put her in these positions to move her up and it just never really sticks. And so kind of having her here in this book, which was really good and really well received and feels like, yeah, this is gonna stick and be around for a while. It's like, I have won. I have finally won. (laughs) (laughs) And even, and like her being an ambassador really fits her her role, like her her character and like where her story was kind of really going. So I think that's really dope. Um, and then having armor as her like ambassador in training will be a lot of fun. I'm excited I to like see that. idea, and I'm excited to see her like. <laughs> I'm excited to see her armor up and get to punch a bitches too. <laughs> I don't know why armor is here. We did not need her. We could have. She's fine. We could have had Unison. We could have had um, Eunice the Untouchable. We could have had so many other characters who have like some. We could have had Skids. We did not. Me. Oh well, school. Well, um, well, they did say, which I really love in this book, that no, none of those characters are like, quote unquote, permanent. And when they're they talking hold. about the whole circuits and how they can like all be altered and like taken out, and 
he ex- I think you specifically said that like skids could replace uh, armor <laughs> in in like the circuit, which I think was really cool. Um, know, um, but you and know, then in security, not, you had cable. Armor. You know, like armor. Oh well, yeah, I know. See, you're just shady. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, cable in charge the, of security was interesting. I I feel like that was like he's ex- like I feel like he has a lot of bitty a like a big fan base, you know. Um, really? So yeah, I think Cable's really popular. Like kid cable or like old man cable? I think just cable. Like it don't matter. I think I think I think he might be pretty popular. I could be wrong. That's that would be the only reason I can explain why he keep popping up everywhere. <laughs> he does keep popping up everywhere. Um I don't know. Kid cable I like, has a I like kid cable. I like him more than old man cable. He has a so I don't really care for old man cable either, but um kid cable hasn't clicked for me. So I don't really see it. But I do like his security team. Again, and again, I think my thing with it is just also kind of, I think about the Hickman era when it first started and a big part of it was, again, we have all these mutants on this island. We have everybody here. We don't really need these characters to be in repeating books. Right. I don't need right. Cable to have his own series and be in Sword and be in Ten of Swords and do that. Like, there's other people who we can supplement him for. But again, like you said, it's this is a book where nothing really has to be permanent. Any of these people can be switched out at a moment's notice. I don't really think yeah. the department heads will, but you never know. No, probably not the department heads, but I think everybody that was under them and yeah. all of them will definitely be like around and heavily used within the book. I don't think that yeah. this will be a thing of only those main characters or even just two of them will be that way because if there's one thing Ewing's gonna do, it's gonna have a rot- he's gonna have a rotating cast, okay. and everybody's gonna get their shine. <laughs> and I do love how also he kind of seems to be connecting a lot of his little books. There was something I think the Snark War is called. It was mentioned in this book, like when they were in that big temporal anomaly part. But like I know that's also been mentioned in Guardians. Yeah, and in all of his other books so far recently, he's been mentioning something bubbling under with like Shiar. And yeah. like what's going on within their space versus kind of where um, like Earth space is. So something, yeah. some kind he, of big clash is coming. He, he's he's doing a really really great job at just seeding a lot of different things in a lot of different places. He is amazing. I think yeah, he's my I, favorite writer I, right now. Yeah, he's really dope. I highly recommend this book. Um, I really want Valerio to design more X characters. <laughs> it's, also, it's also really amazing to see Valerio's growth. I don't know if you ever read the run of Journey in the Mystery that featured Sif. I did not, no. So, so that was actually where I first came into contact with Valerio's art. And I just remember loving it back then. And then he went on to do like Guardians and then he did some other stuff. He drew this picture of Betsy once before. It was like really, really dope. It was actually after I tweeted him saying, oh, I'd love to see your Betsy. And then he like drew it. And I was like, yeah. Um, <laughs> so, but like watching, read, I mean, yeah, watching his art and just the way it's grown has also been extremely satisfying. I think this is probably like a dream creative team for me. Yeah. I don't even, I honestly, I, I don't, I don't think there was any way this book would have been bad, but even if it would have been bad, I would have been like, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> At least you can admit the bias. Um, yeah. If you, what was your book of the week? It's between this and Guardians for sure. Like, I think just the things that they, both of those books did, the way that they kind of like moved things forward, introduced new concepts, character work, 
pages, colors like there's Ewing, Cabal, Skeety, everyone just it's it's one of those, I don't know, both of them. I can't decide. <laughs> My, if I had to pick a book of the week, I would go with Sword. I think that was my my big of the week. It was just, it's the way you usher in like a new series for me. <laughs> this is a really this is a really this good is a really good one. number one. It was fantastic. This I is how you do it number one. I also um, really love the concept it. of the six and sword. I I've loved what they're kind of doing with the numbers. Like we've had the five in charge of resurrections. We have like the six now a part of this like mutant technology aspect. It makes me think back to Apocalypse and the Twelve. Yeah. And it's like, are we, are we, are we going to do something else with that? Like, what are the next few numbers? Like, let's keep combining these things. I love it. Teeny should have kind of did something like that with mutant magic. Um, well, she kind of did with like, it was supposed to be like four mutants together could like make something, right? Yeah. But Sword was really great. So everyone go pick that up. For sure. That was definitely my book of the week. All right. Oh, that was and- the last. Oh, okay. So I didn't actually read any of these books, but I would love for the listeners, you guys, if you read them, can you let me know? Batman Black and White number one, Strange Academy. I think it's number oh, okay. five or six. I've been hearing some good things about Strange Academy. So again, Strange Academy for me is like one of those books where it seems like a, a lot of younger kids. And I've kind of gotten to the point where I just don't think younger kids interest me. But of course, I know a lot of the teachers like Magic's in it. I think Scarlet Witch is in it. Hellstrom's in it. So I think that part, and you know, I like Magic. So I've been teetering back and forth. If if I really want to get into this book, I would love for people to let me know how it is if they think I should actually give it a chance. And then there was a new image book called Homesick Pilots. Not really sure what it's about. The cover looked amazing, though, when I was like scrolling through image books. So if anybody picked that up, please let me know how that is also. Those are my three, like, I'm thinking about trying. Batman Black and White, Strange Academy, Homesick Pilots. All right, nice. Uh, definitely let us know if you guys are reading those and give us some recommendations. Mm. Um, those were the books of the week. Let's take a break and then we'll come back. All right. All right, we are back now. We have a lot to discuss right now. Yes, this discussion section is going to be a lot of fun. So for everyone, I don't know if why you wouldn't know unless you've been like living under a rock. But this past week, I keep saying DC, Disney had their investor day. And during this investor day, they released a bunch of new information about their slates, movies, TV shows. For all the Star Wars fans out there, you got very lucky. You have a lot of new content coming Ooh, to Disney Plus. Uh, <laughs> yes, I'm so excited. <laughs> like, oh, wow. I know that's I won't even, like We won't thing. even get into it, but like, cause like they did a lot there, but like, wow. You know, I know that's been a thing. Like it was, it's only been the Mandalorian or something. Yeah, like that. that's it. <laughs> and uh, we've, I mean, to be honest, the Mandalorian has been carrying Disney Plus on their back since, okay. since, <laughs> it's, been, since it's been launched. <laughs> <laughs> because Disney Plus is a bunch of like nostalgia Disney movies and shit and yeah. Mandalorian. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, but so. now with this stuff that's been announced now, they're really going to start like ramping up the content. So congrats to all the Star Wars fans because I know that was a big win for them. I personally have never really been able to get into Star Wars super heavy. Um, 
but that fandom is strong. Ooh, I love Star Wars. Star Wars. Now, Star Wars, the universe, in my opinion, is better than the movies themselves. Um, and that's, that's including like just across the board, the universe, the universe to me is what's exciting about Star Wars because right. there's so many different paths you can kind of jump into the Jedi and all different kinds of smugglers and different kind, different types of characters outside yeah. of what you get from the films. Um, the comics are really, really good. Um, I've heard good things about the comics. Honestly, I think the designs have always kind of turned me off. Um, I've, it's I know, it's supposed to be like this futuristic thing, but it still always kind of like looks old. <laughs> and then like a lot of the suits, I think of the the like clones. I think there are the guy, the white guys. Yeah, they're just so big and it, it's a it's great it's great for it's great. It's I'm loving it. <laughs> I'm happy for you. Absolutely um, loving but it. The, but the stuff that did grab me, of course, yes. was all this Marvel Studios information that dropped now. We got hit with so much. Of course, there were some things we already know. They announced Blade. They announced um, Moon. We did not get confirmation that Oscar Isaac was Moon Knight. And that has left me in a terrifying spot. Yeah, I don't think he gives his. I don't think that's going to be him anymore. I think he may have dropped out. Yeah, and someone like made a tweet about it. They were like, oh, I wonder if that's why he's able to do Metal Gear Solid now because he's not doing Moon Knight. And I was just like, wow. That is a shot to the heart. <laughs> yeah, Metal Gear must have came with a bigger check or something. I have no idea. I'm I'm hoping that something still happens. Maybe by the next Comic Con or D23, like it'll be confirmed or we can get something with it. But we did get Tati Tatiana confirmed to She Hulk, which was fantastic. We know that Mark Ruffalo is going to be in that. That's we awesome. Got confirmation that Jonathan Majors is going to be Kang in the. Ant-Man and Wasp's third movie, Quantumanium. Michelle Pfeiffer is going to return for that. We got a couple of new shows. Secret oh, Invasion. speaking of speaking of that though, um, in that they also recast uh, Cassie Lang in that. I don't oh, know yes, if you noticed Catherine that. Newton is now <clears throat> yes. Cassie Lang. Yeah, which to me shows that they are not only did they get like a a more popular actress um, yeah. than than who was playing Cassie before, they went with a blonde actress. And that's that's yeah. giving stature vibes for me. So I'm Very I'm feeling like <laughs> the young Avengers are coming. The young Avengers are definitely coming. We've got we've got Haley Steinfeld. We've been seeing the set photos of her on Hawkeye. We have stature obviously going to come in. Um, again on the like new show front, we have Secret Invasion. Nick Fury is going to be dealing with his own show and the scroll from Captain Marvel. Armory Wars. Don Cheadle's coming back as War Machine to help stop people from getting hands on tony stark's tech which we kind of have all the time <laughs> i think <laughs> i won't lie i think armor rewards was kind of the only series well like one of the two series where i was like i don't know if we need this one but again i think that's great for don cheeto don cheeto is an amazing actor he deserves all the best so like honestly, honestly i feel i feel like the the armor wars the MCU TV show will probably mm. be a better representation of it than what happened in the comics. Now, I'm not the biggest like Iron Man fan, but I have kind of cupped up with some of his stuff like back in the day. Yeah. And um, the Armor Wars, for the most part, aren't very loved within amongst comic book readers. Um, <laughs> like that, that <laughs> that's that storyline isn't very loved. But I think doing something with with Rhodey and Don Cheel, I think that will be a lot more interesting than kind of Great. what was done in the comics. So I think Don it'll be Cheadle's better like than what we know. Really well loved, and he's like super charismatic. So and I, 
and again, like he's the black guy. You we gotta support that. Exactly. <laughs> um another oh another big thing, especially on the iron front, we got news of the Ironheart show. Yes, that was Dominique super exciting. Thorne will be portraying Riri Williams on Disney Plus and Ironheart. That was that was really, really exciting. I wasn't expecting an Ironheart series at all. Like at uh, all. Yeah. I really thought we would get like a Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur before Ironheart. Really? Yeah. I don't know. I just, I just, I, I've read, I told, I've told you I've read Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur before. Um, I like bought some of the books. I sent them to my little sister. It was like a fun little read. And I really felt like Marvel was kind of pushing her Lunella as like their next big young hero for a while. And I, I feel like she's kind of fallen off a little bit. We don't see too much of her anymore, which is shocking to me. But I was just sure, like, she's the young one who they want. Like, she's going to be next. But, I mean, I'm at a reread either. Yeah, I thought that the that announcement is really cool. I am originally from Chicago. So uh, oh. it's really cool to see, sure you know, <laughs> you know, <laughs> a little shy town hero getting some love there. I, I haven't really read a lot of Ironheart, mostly because... I'm old, <laughs> you know, and yeah. I just, I'm just not, that's not like my demographic. So again, uh, she's one when, when her stories first came out, I did try that first run. I read the issues of that. I tried to get into, I think with the Eve Ewing series yeah, that came about I, again, champions. I tried it. Like you said, we're just old. We just, I just, look at it and, and <laughs> just like look at these damn kids look at these dumbass kids um right and i want to i will definitely support because you know that i think that's awesome that she's getting this opportunity to have her own show yeah um dark skinned girl leading a superhero franchise is, is awesome <laughs> so i'm i'm all for it um yeah that's i might buy exciting. some i might buy some more books and send them to my little sister see if she's into it oh yeah she probably will i don't know She's weird. <laughs> She'll be giving me no play. Um, another, oh, another big thing was Christian Bale was confirmed as Gore for Thor Love and Thunder. And a couple of days after that, we actually got confirmation that Jamie Alexander will be coming back as Sif. That's exciting. I know you were probably really excited for that. I know you're a Sif fan. <laughs> I have been waiting. Like, it, it, like and I know uh, she, Jamie Alexander was doing her show, The Blind Spot, I think it's called. And so that's why she was never really coming back to the Thor film. The, it just wasn't working with the schedule. And I think that's finally over. And so now that she's actually free to come back, I, I'm so excited because it's like now I'm getting Sif. I'm getting Jane Thor. Jane Thor is like one of my favorite characters. And I'm getting Tessa's Valkyrie. And I'm going to get all of them together. Yeah. I'm ready. And Thank and homeboy me. and homeboy as Gord, the God Butcher, I think will be <laughs> even, even better. So, wow. <laughs> this is looking up to be a really good one. Um, we got news that the Guardians are going to get their little specials on Disney Plus. James Gunn is coming back for that. I don't know. I know something. I don't. I yeah. I, I don't really see it for him like that, but it, it <laughs> you know. Guardians he really movies, gets it's really interesting to me because I really loved the first Guardians movie. Oh, me too. And I remember being so shocked about loving it <clears throat> because I wasn't excited for it at all. Like, I when Guardians of the Galaxy first got announced, I was like, oh, this is just not my jam. I don't think I'm going to care about this movie. And then I went to that theater and I saw that movie and it was just so good and it was so well done. And then the second one came out and I hated it. And then 
anytime they've been in any of the other big movies, Infinity War, Endgame, whatever, I have just not enjoyed the Guardians in those films at all. So these specials, that was the other thing that kind of fell lower on the totem pole for me. But I will be interested to see if they expand the Guardians anymore. Oh, I yeah. Think- like like make the roster longer or like yeah. bring in some new characters? Because we still have that whole um, Adam Warlock subplot. Oh, yeah, that's true. On the, yeah. on the back burner somewhere. So <clears throat> I'll be excited to see if that ever comes back around because I like Adam Warlock a lot. And another big thing, they announced their Fantastic Four MCU movie. I mean, we of course we knew it was coming, but you know, we got like the little logo teaser with the Marvel Studios logo on it. So that was really nice. I mean, they're coming. Listen. I know. Listen. I I know that you probably heard something when this was dropped and that was me screaming. (laughs) (laughs) Because you know Sue is like my favorite Marvel character. So um, to finally see her on live action for the first time. Yes, that's what I'm saying. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> it will be really exciting to see um, see the Fantastic Four really like done well. <laughs> and yeah. uh, I saw that they said that John Watts was going to be the one to direct the movie. And he did Homecoming and Far From Home. Now for me, I liked those movies. And I've seen some people kind of say that they were not excited about John Watts doing the Fantastic Four, which in my opinion, who did you think was going to do the Fantastic? Did you want Zack Snyder to do it? Like there's, they're not gonna get like some dark toned, yeah, like director to do that kind of movie. That's not, that's not them. And I also feel though, like, do you not like John Watts as a director or do you just not like MCU Spider-Man? And I think sometimes people just don't like MCU Spider-Man and he's still like a teenager and in high school, you didn't dislike the director. So yeah. I think with different um, different material and different characters, he'll be able to like really like launch these. So I am super hyped yeah. for the Fantastic Four to finally be brought into the MCU. I am excited that we will finally get the villains of the Fantastic Four, that we are finally going to get an MCU Doom. I am yes. super pumped for that. Yeah. Um, we're gonna get Galactus, Silver Surfer. We're gonna start to see a lot of those characters kind of coming in. And I'm really excited to see how Marvel expands their cosmic universe with them. Because again, that's something I felt like while Guardians is great, they've kind of like lacked with that because all of the cosmic stuff has really been like on the Fantastic Four side, and I was locked up with Fox. Yeah. So with the Fantastic and- Four, it really opens the door now to like so many different villains that the the MCU didn't have access to before, but yeah. now like they can have used any of those characters. Mm-hmm. So it'll be really cool to see how many of the different ones are kind of integrated into all those other movies as well. It it's it's going to be really interesting. I'm excited for that. Um, obviously, I I'm going to go see the Fantastic Four movie, even if you know they're not really my jam. I'm. I've seen all the other ones for some reason, so (laughs) 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 I might as well, you know, I go see the one that I actually think will do it well. Yeah. So that'll be really exciting. We got new trailers for a couple of things, WandaVision, Falcon and Winter Soldier, The What If, 
animated series. Now, before we get into the trailers, though, um, you uh, <laughs> brushed over the other announcement that was done, and that was Captain Marvel 2 and its release date of November 11th, 2022, and confirmation that it would not only have Spectrum, but Ms. Marvel in it. Oh yeah! Oh my gosh! I did totally forget about Ms. Marvel, and I, yes, I forgot about that. <laughs> and it's and it'll be directed by uh, Nia DaCosta, a black woman. So yeah. it's the way that I won. <laughs> I'm really, like I'm really getting a movie with Captain Marvel, Spectrum, Ms. Marvel, directed by a black woman. I' super excited for. Do you think it's actually going to come out in theater? No. <laughs> I don't think a lot of I don't think I don't think a lot of these movies that they kind of announced recently will actually so see. That was one of my things because they they gave a new release date for Black Widow and Black Panther and a couple of those other things. And it's just like, especially for Black Widow, I think that's supposed to come out early next year. And they're talking about in theater. Yeah. It's like, baby, no one's going to see this in the theater. <laughs> right. No. I think that they need to start to maybe look at some uh dual launch ideas where you can do theaters and some yeah. streaming situations going on because and the I, bank and I know everybody was talking happen. about you know HBO Max and how they made their big announcement that things would go to streaming and stuff like that and they were like oh they tried it and then Marvel came back out with all their announcements but it's like yeah but it's like if you're still telling me you think I'm going to go to a theater they're not going to be open first of all at least here not in the US, uh, America right no you know, other countries with good leadership I'm pretty sure they'll be fine but exactly. um, we we not going to see that in the theater. And so yeah, that, I guess that's just really kind of frustrating to me that they're really just holding on to that. Yeah, you would think I think that it seems as though they're trying to like keep hope alive or something that that's going to happen. But I'd rather them just like cut the cut the shit. <laughs> just, like, <laughs> just, just keep it real. Just it's like if this movie gets pushed back one more time. <laughs> right. <laughs> they really don't need to do that at all. <laughs> um, are you... How do you feel about the Black Panther news that they were going to be doing the sequel, but it wouldn't be recasting T'Challa? It would just kind of focus more on Shuri and Wakanda as a whole. So I think that as a company, they really didn't have any other options because it would have been kind of bad if whichever way they went, there would have been backlash whichever whichever route they took, whether they recast yeah. T'Challa or not. Yeah. Um, personally, I think not recasting him was smart for the next movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, with the schedule that they were already getting ready to start filming it, like I think they are doing that fairly soon. Mm-hmm. Um, it probably would have been really, really hard to do a whole recast, you know, and just do that all over. So it's 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 more respectful, in my opinion, to kind of um, honor him and not recast him for this particular movie. Then, then maybe going forward, they'll figure out how to actually have a T'Challa and a Black Panther in the MCU, uh, mm-hmm. you know, after this movie, you know, but I think oh, okay. it, I think it would have been a little bit because it is so soon to when he passed, I think it would have looked kind of poor on their end to yeah. recast him so soon. Do you think, you know, everybody was thinking Storm was going to show up in Black Panther 2 now? Do you- <laughs> I mean, she probably will now. I mean, honestly, like, at this point, like, you probably might want to do that to just kind of, like, bring in some more some more stuff so that you can 
kind of mm-hmm. show the people the things around Black Panther anyway, you know, how how they deal with yeah. with him. And then that kind of gives you a little bit more time to figure things out you know, going forward. Gonna... Yeah. Okay, we'll see. I know that I know that will that, that I mean I, I personally wouldn't need it. <laughs> but, but <laughs> because I've never wanted I've never wanted Storm to just always end up being Black Panther's girlfriend. You know, I feel like she's more than that. But mm-hmm. I already know that eventually she's going to be in those films. Like, that's just going to happen. So it is what it is. That's good. And what did you, oh, so what did you think about the What If trailer? I know you're, we both really love animation. Um, yeah. I personally really love the style that they had. I think the clips that they showed with Doctor Strange, especially, like, stood out. That was for really me. cool. Yeah. It just looked really, really good. Um, I didn't think it was something I was going to be excited for, mm-hmm. but I'm in. I'm in too. I thought the animation looked really smooth. I thought that the the choice of what ifs to do were interesting too. You know, we kind of mm-hmm. saw like what if Black Panther became Star Lord. I think that's yeah. pretty interesting. Um, I've always been a fan of the what if comics. You know that they used to do. Okay. They don't really do yeah. them. They, ironically enough, though, they don't do them as much because if you were to actually go back and look, a mm-hmm. lot of the what ifs now have all happened. <laughs> um, <laughs> like they've done a lot of like a lot of the stories that we've gotten as events or something have mm-hmm. all been like what, what ifs. If? Oh, yeah, that's, that's kind of accurate, actually. Yeah, yeah, go back and check it. Go back and check some of the what ifs out online and see that. Oh wait, they actually have done that <laughs> before. Um, so it'll be interesting to see this kind of animated show and see how they would do this the MCU yeah. stuff. So I mean. I'm into. I think it was it was just a really good pre- presentation all around. Everything yeah. got me excited. I, but but again, I think that's one thing that Marvel Studios has been consistent with in keeping that excitement for these movies and these shows. Even uh, the WandaVision trailer that showed. I, WandaVision, I thought was like going to be a fine show. None of the trailers and what I've seen have really got me super hyped for it. But the one that they showed this go round, I'm like, yes, I cannot wait to see this. Yeah, I'm me too. I'm excited I, I, for it. I feel like the trailers before this one were kind of like, I don't really know what's really going on with this. Yeah. And I don't really know if I need to tune into this um, because I mean, I'm not the biggest Scarlet Witch fan. Um, I think her powers are cool. Like they look cool. The visual is cool, but I'm not the biggest Scarlet Witch fan. Um, but I'm excited for the things that are going to be like around her in mm-hmm. in this show. And then this trailer was just like awesome. It was insane. See- we, saw, we saw Monica. Yeah, <laughs> with her afro and like speaking and all that, I was like, "Yes, yeah. come on, Spectrum! I am here for this." <laughs> it was um, really good. We and I'm not gonna lie, I did. I kind of gasped a little bit when Scarlet Witch like flew in there. <laughs> once, and I was like, "That's really cool. That's really, what a time to be a nerd!" Like <laughs> we're in a golden age right now. It was just like really, really good. I uh, it, it's just a good concept. Again, I'm also not a huge like comic book Scarlet Witch fan. But I do see the, she's one of those characters where she's made for live action. Like. For sure. Yeah. She, she is going to be a great, and again, and that even leads us into getting more into her magic. And we know that she's going to be in Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness there. Uh, also, we also got America Chavez confirmed. So an, another thing for the Young Avengers, they are coming. They also dropped the hint. I don't know if you noticed that they said in in their announcement for Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, that it would deal with um, stuff that happens in WandaVision and it said future Spider-Man movies. So I'm assuming mm. that something with the 
multiverse or whatever is going to be going down in the in Spider-Man 3. Do you think they're kind of building to like a Secret Wars type of situation? I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> I love I love Secret Wars. <laughs> that first that first um Secret Wars was probably one of my favorite Mm-hmm. like crossovers um it's a lot of fun just seeing everybody like on this world and having to figure shit out and like yeah. fight each other so i loved it so if they, i think to be honest secret wars in my opinion is the way to redo all of this and okay. start over so if they okay. if, if whenever it's time to like reboot the mcu or just like start over from scratch if they wanted mm-hmm. to you could easily do secret wars and just have something mash all these universes together and then y'all got to figure it out and then it, yeah. everyone wakes up and it's a whole new timeline i think that is something i think that they should do in the future okay i don't know I, i'm into that now what did you think of the falcon and winter soldier trailer because i know you are like i oh, was I, I wanted to check on your pulse <laughs> 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 when the, when really- falcon was like in that trailer I was like the new suit looks so good. I love so I've realized lately that I love superhero costumes that have white in them. Okay. Like I I I've just realized like a lot of my favorite costumes like there's like a very big portion of white somewhere in it and I've always really enjoyed the like white and red suits of Falcon. So to finally kind of get that color in the movies and it's like oh gosh like we're finally getting like i feel i do feel like it should have been his suit maybe like a movie or two ago i feel like he should have debuted this in like civil war or something like that yeah but i'm glad that we're finally getting it nonetheless it was great to kind of see him and that final shot just flying through the training session where they're shooting misses at him i was like yes we're finally getting to see him like fly his maneuverability because that's one of the things about sam is that he is really good in the air with his wings he's supposed to be like super agile so we're finally getting that yeah, when he was like flying through that canyon and like flipping the, the around and, and all that with coming. the wings, <laughs> I thought that it. was awesome. The way the wings <laughs> extended out, like it was truly just amazing. I'm so excited. I love Falcon. I am. Very, I, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I, I'm excited to see what it builds to if we do go full Captain Falcon. Oh, yeah. Know, okay. Because I know U.S. agent is in the book and he's kind of supposed to be like the Captain America of the government. And of course, that's what happened in the storyline as well. And I just want to see, like, if we get into it and will he actually become the next Captain America or will he just kind of stay Falcon with his own little version of the shield? Good stuff. I'm ready. Yeah, this is exciting I'm ready stuff. to see him kick people in the face. <laughs> he loves to kick. <laughs> he, he loves to kick. He loves to kick. I'm sure you're going to get a lot of that. I, I think his I'm dynamic ready. with uh, Winter Soldier is a lot of fun. Um, and I'm excited to see kind of what they do together in the show. Uh, this could be really fun. And I think that this show could be one for me that could be fun and like a favorite Mm -hmm. because, you know, I'm a big Wonder Man fan and, uh, the way that Wonder Man gets his powers Mm -hmm. is he was, um, experimented on, uh, by Mm -hmm. Zemo. So I don't know. And I know that Zemo was in civil war and he's coming back for uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier. So if there is some kind of like way that we can get Wonder Man to yeah, get hey. his MCU debut, <laughs> you're ready for it? I'm ready for it. If they can get some kind of way where some character named Simon is like, hey, I like want to get revenge on the Avengers. Help me get powers. Let's I'm do all it. in. <laughs> right. Yes. Yeah, so if they can if they can end up giving me Wonder Man, then like 
they, that's that's gonna be my new favorite. <laughs> okay, I'm ready for. Um, how did you feel about the Loki trailer? You know, I, I'm, I don't know. I'm not the biggest Loki fan, um, mm. and so I already was not that into it. Um, mm-hmm. I, I do think it's cool to see like the side by side shots of the way that he looks on the show and the way that he looks in the comic and how accurate they went there. I think yeah. that's really that's really cool. But I don't know. I'm not the biggest like Loki fan. I know this one is all about like time and um, he's being basically detained by the time police. And I'm assuming maybe they have to send him on missions or something. I don't know what's going on there, but some of the shots looked cool that they showed yeah. there. Um, these shows all look extremely expensive. I know that they've had like mm-hmm. $150 million budgets, which is insane. And I know that before that, the highest like TV show production budget was uh, Game of Thrones season eight. And theirs yeah. was only $90 million. So I think that kind of shows you why these have been like, they gave these big f- film budgets. So they really are going like all out with all their scenes. So I think this stuff looks really cool. Uh, but yeah. the Loki show, like, I don't know. There was that one shot that kind of looked like it could have been Black Widow, but I don't know what that was. I heard people saying that. I still didn't see it. Uh, <laughs> 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 I went back and watched the trailer like three times. I was like, I don't see it. Um, yeah. But I was like, I might just be blind. I don't think and, so, um, I did notice, though, that with the... They said the Falcon and Winter Soldier show was going to come out in March. And mm-hmm. with, with that coming out in March and uh, the WandaVision show coming out January 15th, mm-hmm. that means they're going to have a new MCU show like from January to March every day of Friday. <laughs> yeah. So they're really going to... St- and probably, honestly with as much content as they announced the other day at this found at this uh, investors day, they probably will have a new like MCU TV show on Disney plus like every day of the year. It's really exciting. <laughs> I, this, this is a great time to be a comic book fan. I just, I really can't wait until we start getting some She-Hulk set photos and we get that final confirmation of Moon Knight of who the actor is. I'm, I'm really crossing my fingers that if it was Isaac, we're still just in, the talk negotiation phase and they can yeah. convince him to come around because I like now that it's in my head, I can't see anybody else doing it. Yeah. He would have been great as Moon Knight. Yeah. <laughs> I know Moon some Knight. people really like the guy, Oliver Cohen Jackson. He was on into the badlands and he was on some Fox show where they were like paramedics or like firefighters. I don't remember. Um, he's a cool That's guy. like every other Fox show. Um, he's a cool guy, but it's just it's like no, I, I I need Oscar Isaac. Like there, I it's it's in my brain now. I've seen fan art of it. I don't accept anyone else. <laughs> yeah, and I assume that that announcement will probably have to end up coming sooner than later because I think that they were trying to get that out. Like yeah, this this twenty twenty one probably. And my thing is like they didn't announce anything for it. like you could have at least let us know a director or something or a showrunner or anything. You know, it's just like no, the show's coming though. <laughs> Yeah, I wonder if they're going to have the, that show premiere like after the Ms. Marvel TV series and the mm-hmm. She-Hulk TV series, because those seem to be the ones that are the, yeah. a little bit further along as far as their production goes. I feel like we'll go WandaVision, Falcon and Winter Soldier, Loki, Ms. Marvel, Hawkeye. Hawkeye will probably come before Ms. Marvel. Um, then She-Hulk. Well, and then we'll start getting into the other ones. So I did a little, I did a little like 
peeping right uh-huh. on some on some of this stuff and the hawkeye um there were some set photos that came out recently that Haley steinfeld i think had also like posted yeah. and some of the stuff in the background it looked like they are there's a christmas stuff in the background there's like a santa yeah. around there and there was there was also something that was like happy new year and the new year said like 2025 oh. so so that makes me think that like Hawkeye will have to take place a few years after Endgame because isn't Endgame like that was supposed to end in 2023 I think is something yeah, like that like with that time like that. jump um, so I think that you're right then I think that Hawkeye is probably going to premiere after Ms. Marvel because I think Ms. Marvel probably ends up happening like much sooner in the in the timeline yeah. or something um, and then we'll kind of start to get into other stuff of like Ironheart, Armor Wars, Secret Invasion. Well, I don't know. It's, it's Secret Invasion was. I guess that one can kind of go anywhere depending on how they want to do it. If we yeah. keep it in the past of the 90s or whatever time frame Captain Marvel was in or if they're going to be in the present. So we'll see. But it's, a, it's just a very exciting time. I'm really excited for everything. All the other characters. What else? Yeah. Like the next 10 I've- years is about to be great. I feel like this one, phase four, in my opinion, is going to be the phase that is setting up the explosion of phase five. Because okay. I feel like this one is going to be the one where we are, we're getting like some pieces of the Young Avengers, you know, like they're mm-hmm. kind of being bubbled up in the background. Um, the old Avengers team, excuse me, they are like, you know, kind of old now. They're out of here. So like, I feel like they're going to do a Young Avengers and they're also going to have like the new Avengers and have yeah. like a build up of a new Avengers team. And I also think that there weren't any announcements yesterday. And I think that they actually will probably have a much bigger platform for this kind of announcement. But I think that we aren't going to see the X-Men in this phase. Mm-hmm. I agree. No, I think that's too soon. But I do think that we're going to probably start to see mutants in this phase and i think okay. that they're going to start to like sprinkle out the idea of like mutants and like you know do that yeah. whole thing and then phase five is when we get like you know the x-men the uncanny x-men all that kind of stuff oh, my gosh. i'm so excited for the oh, x-men oh, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's gonna be that that conversation i know will be insane that that day is going to be wild okay because yeah. you you know we've been waiting for this yeah yeah a long time Listen, I am. I cannot wait to march my forty-five-year-old ass in that okay, <laughs> into that theater when way, it kids. happens. <laughs> <laughs> That's gonna be exciting. <laughs> it's just like it's going to happen. I'm gonna be old, and I'm gonna be ready, and I'm gonna be getting my life. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Um, were those those were really like the big things to discuss? You know, was there anything else happened that you noticed or that you saw? Uh, no, that Investor's Day, like, was so exciting. It, I'm excited for a lot of this this stuff coming. Um, did, did it make you feel some type of way about DC? You know, no, because <laughs> unfor- unfortunately, I don't even really think about them anymore. <laughs> yeah, it, and, you know, it's, it's really unfortunate because, you know, of course, everybody was like, oh, you know, DC made their big announcement, and then here comes Marvel again. Um, but it, it really just reminded me of how much DC is sitting on. Like, why are we getting a Peacemaker show starring John Cena? <laughs> exactly. Like, <laughs> like, 
why is that happening? <laughs> yeah, you have you have so much. At, why are we getting a Peacemaker show and not anything with Vixen? Why are we getting a Snyder cut? For what? For who? It's just why? a four hour. <laughs> <laughs> they don't have any like, it feels like they're still lacking in a plan and just kind of sticking things at the wall and hoping to see what sticks. But I just, I don't know. I don't, unfortunately, I being completely honest here, I wasn't even thinking about them <laughs> because yeah. they like, they the DC films have always just been so like, eh, that I don't know. I'm hoping that like- they can kind of get it together. I feel like they were kind of like on an upswing, you know, once we started doing things like, especially after Aquaman, um, Shazam, Birds of Prey, like those were very good movies, pretty well received. And so it started feeling like a little bit lighter in tone, you know, they announced Ava's New Gods and some other stuff here and there. And then ever since we've kind of gone back to knowing that Snyder's coming back to do this cut, and then they also talk about they're potentially giving him more movies to do. And then it's just kind of like, no, we're going backwards. This isn't, this isn't what we wanted. Yeah. <laughs> Where's the, like, we'll... give us the Legion. Where's the Legion of superheroes? Where's the, you know, a, a film that. version of the Teen Titans and, or just doing another show. And again, DC is different because they've always really tapped into their multiverse. So they could have been giving us kind of all these like otherworldly type of stories and like mixing and matching and doing this stuff, you know, Badison's coming, which I'm still very excited for. And don't get me wrong, I love Batflat. So honestly, like that's the only reason like I don't mind the Snyder stuff because it's like it's bringing Ben Affleck back. I remember um, they were talking about what his movie was supposed to be about and how it was going to be him fighting Deathstroke, and I was just like, yes, I would have been so into that. <laughs> I personally um, would have loved that. I Batfleck was my—he's my favorite Batman still. So. I would have loved to see him and Destro kind of go at it. I saw um, the, the plot of that. I don't know how that would have felt about the, the script per se, but the two of them fighting would have been dope. Everything. Like, I, yeah. I truly wouldn't have cared. It could have been horrible. I would have been like, this is great. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, so I I won't lie. It made me feel a little way about DC. I, just, I really want them to get it together. Because like you said, this is such a good time to be a comic book fan where you're like winning in so many aspects. And that is one that is just lacking. And it's like, it sucks because they have so many characters that they can do so much with. Yeah, they could really end up being something that like really exploded as far as the live action goes. But we'll see soon. You know, 19, Wonder Woman 1984 is coming out um, on Did you see Christmas. that clip of her running? I did. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> whoosh! Uh, this is gonna be an ex- an interesting watch. Uh, we'll definitely have to set up a plan to do a a watch with everybody there because absolutely, it'll be interesting to watch. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm ready for Cheetah, but um, yeah. Well, so well, all right. Let's take a break and then we'll come back for uh that relaunch. Do 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 do. All right, all right. And now we are back for the relaunch portion of our show. Yes. I really like doing this. Everyone's favorite portion of the show. Um, You know, it's always funny because I know we joke about Marvel (laughs) and DC people 
listening to this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's always funny because you see creators online and they talk about how they like they're like, do not tell me your story ideas. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it is illegal. Like I get trouble. I, it's like I can't listen, but it's like I know that you are listening and I know you hear these story ideas. And it's yeah. cool. <laughs> take it. I don't care. I'm hoping that you hear it and take it. Um, do you want to go first this week? Um, yeah, uh, you know what? Yeah, I'll go first. This go for week. it. So, for um, it. I'll go ahead and start the characters who I decided to relaunch a Hawk and Dove from DC Comics. Now, nice. I don't, I'm, I don't really talk about Hawk and Dove a lot, but I do really enjoy those two characters. For those who don't know, Hawk and Dove were created in 1968 by Steve Ditko and Steve Skeets. Um, they are, they, it was two brothers, Hank Hall and Don Hall. And so when Ditko originally created them, he wanted this story to be about like sibling rivalry and these two brothers who get these like magic powers kind of working together. DC actually changed the way that he had to write the characters. So Hank is obviously like this very kind of just big, burly fighter. He's aggressive, he's angry all the time. And Don is like this very meek, fragile kind of kid who doesn't like to fight. So originally Ditko said he wanted Don to fight like he wanted him to like just be a smarter type of fighter than Hank was but DC was like no like we don't want him to do anything so he ended up having to kind of write him always running and it's really interesting I took the last week to just immerse myself in Hawking the comics to get a little bit better understanding of their characters because again they're characters I've always kind of enjoyed but they don't have too many appearances in a lot of places so it's like you know they've been Teen Titans they were on birds of prey for a little bit they have had decent sized roles in like the blackest night brightest day time of dc comics and so i didn't realize that they had like this really long solo series they had a couple mini series and so i went back and read those and man they're really interesting and it was fun because the second mini series that came out in the 80s it's actually how Rob Liefeld got his big break in the comic book industry. Oh, wow. Okay. He was like an up and coming artist who just was getting a lot of good praise and press. And so they put him on this book to kind of like boost him. And I was reading that 80s miniseries and I was sitting there, I was like, I really like this art. (laughs) I was just like, oh, I was like, I really love it. Like the expressions are great. Like it's movement, it's all this stuff. And so then I think by issue, like I hadn't really paid attention to who was doing the art on the books. I was just like on my DC Universe app, like just scrolling through. And I get to like issue three or something. And you know, on like the credits page, there's his name and like these just big letters. And I was like, whoa, this is like mind blowing to me because man, this man's style has changed for the worse. And yeah, I don't I don't think I've ever read a life filled book and said, oh, I love the art in here. <laughs> let me tell you. And so, you know, he actually did a reboot series for them in like the uh, early 2000s. And I was going back and comparing the covers of the 80s series and the 2000 series. It's like night and day. It, it, it literally looks like two completely different artists. And I was just shocked by that. But it's a really good series. I'd honestly highly recommend it if you have the DC app. It's only like six issues. But that one introduces the female dove, Dawn Granger. So also there have been a couple of Hawk and Doves. There's Hank and Dawn, the male. Then there's Hank and Dawn, female. And then there was Dawn, the female, and her sister, Holly, who also took up the mantle of Hawk for a brief period of time. And she debuted in the Teen Titans, also another fun character. So their powers, they have like a danger sense 
that helps them magically transform into their costumes. And they have been chosen by the gods of chaos and order to just be the avatars of Earth, of what goes on. And their biggest villain is this guy, Kestrel. And he is an agent of chaos who's basically trying to control Hawk. And it's just, it's just fun. It's just, a, it's, it's got like this pseudo mystical thing going on. It's a lot of action in the series. You kind of get a really good sense of the characters. It, it moves Hank to this point where he has to stop being just a super macho guy because he has to work with Dawn, the female. And it's interesting to kind of like watch her in this mode because Hank is refusing her at first. And he's like, no, like Dove was my brother. He's dead. I don't know who you are. And she's like, well, they granted me this power as well. We need to figure out why we need to work together to do this. And they're just a really interesting duo. They kind of find of have love for each other, of course, every now and again, but they've also dated lots of other people. So their series went for about like 30 something issues It started getting low sales. And so during one of the DC events, the time traveling villain Monarch was coming around. So there was like this big editorial issue where it got leaked that Monarch was supposed to be Captain Adam. Because that happened, DC actually switched it to Hawk. They said that oh, wow. it was actually going to be, to, to make it like the super surprise last twist, they said that like, oh, this is a future version of Hank Hall who comes back in time. He fights Hawk and Dove. He kills Dove, which ends up making Hawk go insane and start his villainous journey into Monarch. Then he dies. Um, and then they come back in Black as Night. And they go around here and there. So my relaunch for them is kind of putting them back together in their own series, of course. One of the things that DC has been doing a lot of stuff with lately is their multiverse. We've had like the metal events, endless winter, and a lot of things just going on with that. And so I would like them to kind of explore chaos, order, magic in the different multiverse portions of their universe kind of like they're those supernatural detectives going around because like obviously this isn't just there's a reason that all this stuff keeps coming back to them yeah that would be really um interesting to see them kind of like multiverse hop i guess would you say like chaos order thing go ahead that was my bad yeah i think that that would be really interesting to kind of see them multiverse hop kind of like what you said dc is really that's like their thing the multiverse so it would be interesting to see them kind of do that i'm not the biggest person that knows a lot about hawk and dove other than them their appearances that i've seen them in the titans and uh i know that like they're really good in the titans one that's like too. all aggressive or something yeah like, right? hawk is the red and white one dove is the blue and white one and um they're just, I think, I think for magic, because, you know, uh, I've talked about Justice League Dark and how that's kind of exploring what magic is in the DC universe. And I think with Hawk and Dove, they are magical adjacent. So it's like they have like supernatural threats. They don't have magical abilities themselves. It's more so based around the chaos and the order of magic. Like this breeds bad things. You guys need to find a way to stop it because the gods who gave them their powers basically gave it to them because they wanted to show other gods that chaos and order don't constantly have to battle. They can work together for the greater good. Interesting. I never knew that. Okay. Yes. So that's their whole thing. So I like to see a little bit more of them. I think they're fun characters. I think they got a lot of potential to do stuff. 
Talking doves. Nice. Okay. Um, so my relaunch this week is uh, kind of an ex- obscure kind of villain group. Uh, and they are the forces of nature. Now, I know probably most people don't even know who the hell they are. <laughs> don't even know who this is, okay? That's <laughs> so a shot. They uh, were pretty big uh, New Warriors villains. And I mean, are you shocked? The name Force of Nature is Super 90s, <laughs> which very, is like very. very, very New Warriors. And they were all, they were made up of individuals who each can control an element. Um, so fire, water, uh, earth, and air. Air, sorry, yeah. <laughs> so the <laughs> air portion of the force of nature is a guy named Skybreaker, and he actually is an, an inhuman um, who can control air. The water member of the team is Aqueduct. Now, he actually has a little bit of a longer history than the other members. He used to go by Water Wizard, um, and he used to, like, just kind of pop up and fight, you know, like the Spider-Mans and kind of any other, like, hero in New York. Yeah. Um the another character was Firebrand. Now, in my relaunch, I would actually keep the name Firebrand, but I would change the character. So the original Firebrand was a guy named Russ Broxtel, and he used to fight like, like I said, like the Spider-Mans and yeah. stuff like that. I would actually change that, keep the name Firebrand, but bring about the other pyro that we had. I don't know if you remember okay. these. The uh, ones from X-Men Gold? Yeah, the gay pyro, Simon Lasker. Yeah. Um, I would bring him around and have him be rebranded as Firebrand and make him a part of this team. Okay. And uh, the other member was uh, Terraformer. Now, Terraformer was this like plant based, um, excuse me, plant based uh, hero, I'm sorry, villain that could like control the earth. And they were actually killed in. Um, a civil war tie-in so the force oh, of nature okay. actually after they were like apprehended as villains they became the heroes of oregon in the like 50 state initiative that was a part of civil war remember that like kind of build like yeah, thing? I remember that. <laughs> yeah. They, there were some good uh folks in that initiative crew yeah they kind of like they tried to make something work there but whatever so <laughs> i would bring <laughs> about um a different character who was flint from the Inhumans, he was the uh, black Inhuman who could also control Earth. I would bring him back around and have him be like kind of a villain, but maybe maybe okay. like you know I don't know if I want to stick around to be a villain. So the forces of nature, their whole like reason for being a villain is they're kind of like all about Earth and like saving the ecosystem. Yeah. Oh, okay. That doesn't and sound very villainous. You would right, <laughs> but they <laughs> but they go about things in a very uh, I guess villainous way. <laughs> they use okay. their powers to kind of sh- to stronghold people into doing the correct things for the environment. Which I mean, yeah. that's not that bad, right? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's very poison ivy. Yeah, and I feel like with the I would bring them around now as either a villain for Krakoa as a whole or for like X-Force or something. So okay. you know how they've been getting into the whole like Krakoa and like the the medicines that it's introducing into Earth and like probably yeah. even just Krakoa itself and what it does to the ecosystem probably isn't like all that great. Like we don't really, really talk about what how it affects like the yeah. ecosystem of the planet. I think that would be really interesting to kind of bring them back around and make them like a bigger threat to either X-Force because of the way that, you know, Krakoa is interacting 
on mm-hmm. different planets or the way that the gates are interacting on different planets and how those are like yeah. affecting the earth. I think that would be really interesting. So I would I bring like back the forces of nature um, with Aqueduct, uh, Skybreaker, Firebrand, but as uh, Simon Lasker. And then I bring Flint back around as like the earth person. And I really liked Flint too. So that was, I, you know, I didn't even think about um, relaunching a villain. That's a good idea. I'm, 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 I think I'm right. And I feel like Marvel, like their villains need a little bit of a, a relaunch. <laughs> I haven't feel yeah. like, I feel like the villains haven't really done anything super villainous lately. Like that feel like there needs to be some kind of bigger... They turn them all into heroes. Yeah. <laughs> and sometimes people can just be bad. So I feel like that okay. would be okay. <laughs> okay i really like that the forces of nature i might um look into this group they sound they sound cool yeah they've all got really cool designs and like i said they were really mostly like new warriors villains back in the day and they've kind of had some some cute little pop-ups where they fought villains separately yeah um but i think that they would be really cool to kind of bring back around okay forces of nature yeah i'm into it all right, guys. So um, that brings us towards the end of the show. And mm-hmm. we wanted to say that next week we will be talking about Wonder Woman. That's the first film of Wonder Woman. And uh, to kind of get ready for Wonder Woman 1984, which is debuting on HBO Max on uh, Christmas Day, on December 25th. Christmas Day. So uh, join us next week. Uh, when we'll be talking about that and uh, we'll be making an announcement on when we're going to be like live tweeting it out. So uh, check the Twitter and see when we do that. We're definitely going to do another rewatch of Wonder Woman and we really hope you guys join in and kind of live tweet with us as you know, Wonder Woman 1984 is going to be a movie that comes out and I'm very excited to see and hear everyone's thoughts on it. Yeah, that'll be a lot of fun. I, I caught the shade, but that'll be, that'll be a lot of fun. <laughs> no, there was no, there was no shade in that. You know, uh-huh. I'm, I'm, I'm excited for Cheetah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, that brings us to the show, everybody. Um, you can catch us on Twitter at Another Relaunch. You can also email us any questions, concerns, any kind of feedback you guys have. Um, been loving getting those back uh, at Another Relaunch at gmail.com. You can find me on social media platforms at UncannyLZ. Uh, Keenan, where can they find you? You can find me on social media platforms at Keenan Lance with an underscore at the end. Fantastic. All right, guys. Uh, yeah, tune in next week. And thanks so much for listening. Oh, and definitely, you know, give us comments, uh, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, do all that stuff. And we really appreciate all your support. So thanks so it's much, y'all. Great, guys. You're amazing. All right, catch you guys next week.